Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Before we get started, folks, I want to send my sincerest condolences to the family of James Harris, a.k.a. the Ugandan giant Kamala. Unfortunately, he's gone up to that great big ring in the sky, passed away recently due to COVID-19 complications. Kamala was one of the biggest stars of the 80s and 90s, definitely someone who was ahead of his time. If you go online, you can see pictures of him even leapfrogging Hulk Hogan, a guy who was 6'8", 6'9", just incredible athleticism and agility. For someone the size of Kamala, who was 6'7 in his own right, and you know, well over 300 pounds. So, Mr. James Harris, aka Kamala, we will miss you, but we know that you are somewhere in wrestling heaven, putting on a great match and terrifying all the young people. With that said, let's get on with the show. You're locked in. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hi, this is Earl Oliver from Sully Finish Wrestling. This is Raj Geary with WrestlingInc.com. This is Sean Reed, boxing writer and undercover low-key wrestling fan. And you're listening to Duke Love Wrestling. Woo! Welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling, the show about pro wrestling and everything else. What is going on, folks? I'm telling you, I am loving the fact And I don't know who it is out there. I don't know if it's the weather gods or the wrestling gods, maybe something in between. But somebody has finally turned the temperature down. Okay, that crazy heat wave that was beating me up here in sunny Boston, Massachusetts, has finally dissipated. You've given the polar bear, the Duke, a chance to, to, you know, catch his breath a little bit. Because I'll tell you, man, I can't deal with that hot weather. Oh, my goodness. I, I got one of those air coolers. It's not an air conditioner. It's an air cooler. Or you could put ice in it, and, and it, there's a fan connected to it, and it just blows that cold air. I've been sleeping with that thing, man, and that's been a lifesaver. Let me tell you, crazy stuff. If, if anybody out there has any tips on how to stay cool but do it in an affordable manner, because you know the Duke, listen, I'm, I'm cheap, okay? I am cheap. If you have any affordable tips on how to stay cool during the, the summertime, please shoot me an email at DukeLovesWrestling at gmail.com or at DukeLovesWrestling on Facebook and Twitter. Let me know, please, okay, because I, I need help. I need help, baby. That's right. You know, folks, we had a great discussion last week with Sade from DDT Divas. She's just incredible. As I said before, just one of my favorite people to discuss pro wrestling with. And we really dug into this AEW stuff, especially as it relates to how they're treating their women's wrestlers. And, you know, folks have responded so positively about that discussion. And I've made some connections with some other folks who I were not previously familiar with. And I'm so happy that the discussion continues to evolve 
and I'm learning more information and finding out things that I didn't know before. But at the end of the day, it still comes back to the same point. And I want to make sure I'm clear about this. Okay. All elite wrestling. I don't have any problems with the company, the concept of the company, at least. I want more wrestling promotions. I like to see them on TV. I'm a lifelong wrestling fan. Duke loves wrestling, right? So we want them to succeed. But what we don't want is for them to continue to do the status quo stuff where you're you're not treating women respectfully, where you're you're not treating people of color respectfully, where you're pretending to be so progressive and woke and all this other nonsense, but you're not actually putting the action behind it. And we know the proof is in the pudding with their television show. So what they choose to air on television, which is their number one moneymaker, by the way, that lets you know how the company feels about their talents. And that lets you know what their business model is, right? So please keep in mind, folks, when you hear these discussions, this isn't a let's go and attack AEW for the hell of it sort of deal. No, what we're saying is AEW, you promised us one thing. Where is it? We got to hold you accountable for it, just like we do anybody else. I'm not going to go to a restaurant that says they're going to serve me burgers and accept the fact that all I'm getting is hot dogs. It just doesn't make sense, right? So just keep that front of mind as you hear the series of discussion going on, folks. But anyway, uh, I was introduced to some really, really great people who have an excellent website and an excellent uh, Twitter handle. Beat them up, okay? Beat them up, WP. And I'm telling you right now, I just I want you to hear from them. I want to elevate their voices because they're really doing some great things. And, and they're also excellent, excellent writers who know their stuff. So without further ado... Welcome to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, the double dose, the tag team from Beat 'em Up, Maria and Jacinto. Welcome to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. Hey, 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 hey everybody! <laughs> thank you for the great introduction. <laughs> Listen, thank you for taking your time. I know you guys are really busy, so thank you for for joining me uh, today. Please, b- before I even get into any questions or what have you. Let everybody know about Beat 'em Up. Uh, what can they expect from the website and the social media and what have you? Um, well, we basically started the website back in December of last year. It came about basically, I don't know if you actually noticed on my Twitter handle, um, I had like an AEW inside ring moment where I got to pin Brandon Cutler. And from there, I kind of I don't know. I kind of just had a fire. I just wanted to start maybe reviewing more about wrestling and Jack being uh, my husband. He was very supportive in that. And of course I wanted to tag team. And so we started the website, which was just basically reviews and our thoughts of the cards that came up for any wrestling promotion from, you know, indie to new Japan to WWE, AEW, ROH and so forth. But then it kind of eventually grew into us doing the YouTube channel we do a unboxing of, you know, the pro wrestling tees. We do our reviews. We're doing uh, interviews. We do uh, an all lead friends thing that I met some friends online and we talk and we did same thing, hard hitting questions about what's been going on with AEW and that podcast. We have our website. We did interviews. Jack did Holiday. I interviewed Effie and Flip Gordon. Um, it kind of just became something and it's kind of been fast going. Um, I love it. <laughs> I love wrestling. I've loved wrestling since I was a kid. Uh, and this has just been a lot of fun. 
um, frustrating at times, of, of course, because, you know, you love something, you want to see something, you know, different and better come out of different promotions. But uh, nonetheless, it's still been a lot of fun. So you pinned Brandon Cutler in an yes. AEW ring, which is a, a really big deal. So so you got to tell me, Maria, and, and I think, though, you can jump in on this because you might have to help become the matchmaker here. <laughs> Shouldn't you be challenging Cody Rhodes for the TNT uh, uh, television championship there? Um, I mean, so what happened was it was my birthday. Uh, Jack, uh, well, Jacinto, I'm going to call Jacinto because you're, you're doing a great job of saying it. Uh, Jacinto, he basically drew me a picture. He's an artist. He does all our artwork for Beat 'em Up and has done a lot, a couple of things for some artists, I mean, for wrestlers out there. But uh, he made me a Brandon Cutler sign with me slamming a chair against his head. Uh, Brandon Cutler's wife saw it on Twitter, told Brandon to watch out for me. I'm a librarian in real life, so it kind of just fit with all the storylines going on in AEW at the time. Um, yeah, and they called me out at Champagne's uh, AEW Di- Dynamite show, and in the ring with me was uh, Tony Khan was my referee. Uh, I was there with Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, and Brandon. And Kenny Omega was my coach because normally during this bit they would always knock out Brandon themselves, but Kenny Omega showed me how to do a surprise roll up, so I surprise rolled up Brandon Cutler in the middle of the ring. The most devastating move in Literally, wrestling history. And it's, it's, a, it's a guaranteed win if you if you execute it right. So Cody Rhodes, you you silver spooner. I'm telling <laughs> you right now, okay. You need to get in touch with Jacinto, and and we need to make this match, okay. Maria needs to challenge for that TNT championship. You heard it here first on the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. Cody Rhodes, stop ducking Maria. <laughs> <laughs> I got to win more than uh, Peter Avalon and Brandon Cutler. So, so Jack, you know, a lot of folks are going to know you as Jack, but Jacinto, that's, that's your name there. That's what I love to call you. It's safe to say that you folks are, are not only wrestling fans, but you're fans of all elite wrestling, right? I'll just be honest. I kind of fell out of love with WWE for a while. Uh, me being Mexican, I've always had um, the Lucha Libre, Triple um, A, CMLL, all that stuff like to fall back on. And then um, I think it was like before I went to the military, I discovered new Japan pro wrestling. And that's where I started falling in love with like uh, the skill of Kenny Omega, like the, the way that they, they tell stories. So when they presented AEW in the beginning, I thought it was going to be closer to that style of, of wrestling. And, and what do you think so far now that we're, you know, all these months later, what do you think of their style of wrestling? Um, they're, they're falling into the WWE style. Define that for us. <clears throat> it's uh, heavy promos using a lot of uh, comedy at times to either bury your talent or, you know, promote whatever guy you're trying to promote up there. Um, yeah, it's, it's just that kind of style. Like- a specific group of individuals that will yeah. win. <laughs> you know, but um, but no, like but the one thing they do have different is their, their storytelling. There is slow build on certain people. Yeah, they, so they that is that, that is the difference. Yeah, they still have the influence from New Japan. I will give them that for certain I just, people. I just wish they had more tournaments. I'm glad they have the tag team tournament, but so so that's where I was at. But uh, no, I I still I mean I I miss watching WWE too sometimes. Like so, I, I will go back there and and it'll be a guilty pleasure. But then when I start seeing food fights or something like that, I'm like, oh yeah, this is why. <laughs> I, I just I'll stick with clips. <laughs> Well, and you both bring up a great point. Once again, folks, we're talking to the team behind Beat 'em Up. Okay, literally one of the more exciting websites and social media podcasts we have you around there. Um, you bring up a good point. There is a section of the wrestling audience, which is actually the majority 
the majority of people who are watching pro wrestling over the past 20, 25 years, we have essentially taken a step back. You know, we're not watching wrestling as often as we used to because we're really not satisfied with the majority of the product out there, especially what WWE's been putting out. So when All Elite Wrestling came along and let us know that they were going to be an alternative, there was something very important about that where we all were excited. We all were were hopeful that we were finally going to get back to what we like. Compelling storylines, you know, more adult product, but also strong in-ring action, similar to what you see in New Japan and some of the top indie promotions in the world. But unfortunately, here we are now, all these months later, and, you know, AEW is a lot closer to traditional WWE than they are to New Japan or or the indies, which is just unfortunate there. I want to ask you both about an article that you recently wrote that has just really caught fire and it is challenging a lot of folks perception of what's going on in AEW. So please let, let's talk about this here because on, on your, your website there, what was it about the way that AEW is presenting their women's division in particular that inspired you to write the article that you just recently wrote? Um, so the, the article came because um, me and Maria were talking on Twitter during the Dynamite. Um, and we were just saying like, man, you know, it, it's a shame that they're not talking about the tournament that just happened on Monday. Um, we loved it. We thought it was good. Uh, there was some good action in the ring. And and we, we were like, you know, I, we thought they were going to highlight it, talk a little bit about it. We're not asking mm-hmm. for 10 minutes. Like you could even do a quick five minute uh, segment where you just talk about the results. But you know, they just put a little bit of the results at the bottom. So if you weren't paying attention, you yeah, weren't seeing it. Yeah. yeah. And then when we started putting that up on Twitter, we started getting attacked. When we started being told, like, the company's new. What do you expect? Most of the women are overseas. Um, they were giving uh, women time. But, you know, COVID happened. So they, they, they only can do what they can do with the talent they have there. And it was just these constant attacks. One of them even told us, like, well, WWE took 20 years to get a women's revolution. You can't expect a women's revolution in AEW within less than a year. And I'm like, wait, what? We have to wait for a women's revolution for women to get treated equally in, in the company that said it was going to be all inclusive and progressive? We were talking to uh, the DDT Divas when um, after the Jericho and Cassidy spot had happened. And we were all like, okay, well, Swole's going to come out and Britt Baker's going to give her her challenger. And I'm like, but look at the time. Look what time it is right now. We still have the Darby Allen and Mox match. I said, there's not going to be a match. It's going to be a squash match. It's not going to be anything that's going to highlight the women. And when they came out, it was under five minutes. It was like four minutes and 20 seconds or something like that. And, you know, and we were all hoping that it was going to be something more than that because you want this lead up to all out that's going to happen. But at the same time, we're starting to talk about, and you know, in Twitter with her and, and things like that, or some other people too are chiming in. Where's Sheeta? Sheeta's on the sidelines. She's our champion. There's no storyline. It's just going to put together what the number one contender, you know, with Sheeta at all out. And we're supposed to buy into the storyline once again when there's nothing there. When we already know Britt Baker and Big Swole don't like each other, that we already got that storyline. We don't need to always constantly see. We could see just a few seconds of them bickering back and forth or a small promo back, you know, from either one of them and an actual match. That would have been fine because that would have been two different women's spots. It would have been Britt and swole and then another match so we would have had two little highlighted of the women that night but we had nothing 
nothing. There was a marquee and it broke my heart because the women really put out a good match in the tag tournaments. They were amazing. There was so many great surprises, you know, like you said, um, and like Medusa and everything that didn't even, it was so overshadowed and then they didn't even mention the next week. Yeah. So it was like, how are people going to know to tune in? Because some people were already confused at what time it was going to be on Monday. Then they thought they were going to have another uh, little video either on, on you know, all the wrestling on Twitter, showing them picking their, their teams. But then Jericho came on a Facebook live and he announced another team, you know? So like, I appreciated he did that, but if I wasn't a diehard fan, I wouldn't have been on Twitter. I wouldn't have seen that. You know, I wouldn't have seen the pipe, you know, the, everything come down the pipeline so you you lose it if you're a casual fan. And and that's the service to your women's division because not everybody is a hardcore fan and they're they're assuming that position at this point. They talk about how they want to get the demographics and how like ratings and and AEW more than WWE makes it uh makes a big deal about the ratings and the demos and all that stuff. And it's like you're not catering to the other demo that you're not winning because if you're not active on wrestling social media you miss out on so much of what's going on so it's just i just think that they're 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 hurting themselves by the way that they go about their way of doing the business in this i'm gonna ask what may sound like a ridiculous question but you'll understand there's a reason why i'm asking it do you feel it's important for the women to be invested in especially on television as much as the men or Jeez, at least more than what they've been invested in thus far. And if so, why? I just want to say that people's, the chief complaint that people have is that they're green. A lot of the AEW wrestlers are green. Well, how do you expect them to get any better? When you're practicing, you know, backstage or at the enhancement or performance center, you know, you're doing the different things that you need to do to get yourself better. You're getting the timing correctly and things like that. But it's not the same as having the live, the, the impression that this is live, this is going to be on TNT, this is going to be happening right now and fans are going to see that because you get that sense of energy you know where yeah you can slip up make mistakes whatever it happens but i feel like everybody's point is that they're green so they're not highlighting them but how do you make people better you have to give them a chance to and they're not even trying at this point they have investment in a couple of different people and yes i understand talent is overseas some talent is hurt i get that but you still have you know, enhancement talent that you're bringing in from the indies that can definitely go up there. They want a spot. They're hungry and they're eager and they, they want to show what they can do in the ring. Give them those opportunities to do that. So I, I just, it goes back to me. It's just that if you want them to get better, they need the time. And I don't care if the demos go down at that time, if people turn away, you still need to just give them a chance and you have to support them and whatever's going on. You know, that, and that's what it is. I, for me, I feel like every, like, I think somebody had pointed out on Twitter. I can't remember the handle, so I'm sorry about that. But they actually went back and like maybe a month and showed the demos going down every time a woman's match occurred. And, you know, sometimes that happens. And unfortunately, it happens. And I wish more people would support women, women in wrestling. But there's still a large majority of people that do like women's wrestling. And we're here to support them. And they need to give us the opportunity. And they need to give the talent the opportunity to get better and to shine more. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to add on to that really quick. To um, to to hit on that, the demos go down with the women's division. Your audience is going to react to your product the way you present it. If you present yes. the if you present the women's division as an afterthought, then people are going to be like, "Well, let's go see what NXT is doing," because nothing that they're presenting to us in the women's division, for the most part, is over six minutes. Um, on the article that that you referred to, I, I broke down the percentage of how many of their matches are barely six minutes, um, and there's really no storyline. Like when Riho was champion, 
for the people that that follow Joshi wrestling, they knew that her story with Emi Sakura, they knew she was a star in stardom. But for the American audience, they were like, okay, she she's Riho. What about her? They couldn't even do a segment where they explained why she's a big deal. Yeah, um, teacher versus student. <laughs> yeah, the, the whole Emi Sakura match, like they didn't even prepare it for it to be a teacher versus student. Emi literally had to go on Twitter and and talk about why this was an important match for her because her and and Riho had such a back uh, story of of being teacher and student and it's like if your company is not putting even an extra five minutes just so that you could present these these wrestlers then we're not going to be invested I mean Darby Allen is was green in the beginning of this whole thing but they've invested so much time on him they they've done vignettes when he was hurt of him the black and white vignettes that that kind of looked like a uh, Clerks movie. Um, and so you did that for him. You've invested on Jungle Boy, which is another guy that hasn't had that much experience. Marco War- Wardlow, when uh, and all out, you did this whole video where he was beating up people in a parking lot. Mar- um, you've invested in Marco Stunt, um, and it's like then you you bring Abaddon, you you hire Abaddon, and you bury like you're not burying her, but she's in Dark, and if you're not following Dark compared to the viewers you have on Dynamite. Nobody really knows about Abaddon. Instead of treating her like how WWE treated the Fiend and make this whole supernatural thing for her, she's just she has to push herself over. Like, and that's where you have your women literally need to do all the work themselves on social media because AEW is not going to give them the time to get to get over. Well said. Well said. Uh, the name of the article, folks, is AEW Women Deserve More: A Statistical Look at the AEW Women's Division. And once again, that's over there on. Beat them up, pwp.com. Um, just really incredible stuff, and, and you both just framed it very well. So I, I encourage everybody to read that article and take a look at it. I mean, the, the proof is in the pudding, and the facts are the facts. We can all have our opinions, but when you analyze the facts, it's kind of hard to refute what you see there. Now, AEW has come up with this AEW Heels program. And Maria, I know that you in particular have some experience with heels. Yes. So I, if you don't mind, I'd like for you to please just give us a, a brief explanation. What is heels? And then let's talk about your experience, especially the first couple of um, first couple of events. Um, yeah, definitely. It was so it was presented to us, um, you know, by Brandy, and it, it, it felt like it was going to be a what we were all starting to call it as a safe space for women's, you know, like fans of women's wrestling and just AEW in whole. Um, as everybody knows, um, bullying and cyber attacks happen a lot more to women, especially when women voice their opinions on wrestling. Um, they're not taken seriously, but this was going to be a safe space for us to come together, talk about wrestling through Zoom. And this is, for me, was one of the things that came positively out of the pandemic. Um, I don't think this would have been created if this wasn't the pandemic, I'm pretty sure maybe something in the long run would have come, you know, come down to having something for the women because there's a very strong vocal voice in AEW as far as the women fans. But I feel like this Zoom option of having a Zoom party where there was music and, um, you know, they highlighted some of the guests that were there. Brandy was there. The first one was great. They had all, almost all the women's uh, wrestlers there, even the ones that couldn't be in the United States, they zoomed in and we were able to ask them questions. Um, it was just fun. Uh, we did like polls on what we would like to see matches, you know, between the women, ladder matches, Ironman matches, things like that. Um, and then the second one, 
that came out that was, and these were all free, by the way. I mean, just had to sign up. Uh, the second one actually started to have more of like a seminar feel to it. So it was very important to me, um, you know, and they had one about grieving, the grieving process, um, dealing with depression, the loss of family members and things during this time. Um, and as you're sitting here listening to this person, they had, you know, a professional come in, people in the chat are like, talking about, I lost my husband, you know, I lost a child and things like that. I lost, you know, a grandmother to COVID. And it became a space where everybody can just relate to emotions. And it was very raw. And then, you know, of course we switched it around and then it became fun again. And we had like, you know, Stella doing a makeup tutorial, which was amazing how to do Sheeta's look. And it was just, it was just fun. And we, there was talks about a subscription. Yes, there was. So when it came out, what was it, Wednesday, that there was going to be the subscription cost for AEW Heels at $50, some people became, all of a sudden there's this divide within the community that became, that was once very close. And it came down to the fact that a lot of people were saying they couldn't afford upfront costs. So on my Twitter, I was saying that I would have preferred maybe tears if there was a free, if you can go to the seminar, hang out with everybody for a little bit, because Zoom allows you to do breakout rooms. So this is me being, you know, a techie librarian. You can do certain things with the tech. So if you had a tier that was free, everybody can go to the seminar, get this, you know, the help and everything they need, feel, have that safe space, have that community to see everybody once again. And then for those who paid for the tiers, you would have the perks, the discounts, um, which she said was supposed to be a certain area of the venues when live events, you know, take place again and things like that. You can ask the wrestlers questions. Maybe you get like a one-on-one -on -one thing, whatever perks they were going to have could have been the higher up tier. But then the community started saying, well, you know, it's almost four to five dollars a month. It's like a Starbucks. Well, I don't drink Starbucks. So that didn't relate to me, you know, so I'm like, I couldn't relate to that. And when it happened, it was a Friday. That's my mortgage week, you know, like real life things started happening to me. And it's a pandemic, like I said. So, you know, Jack's job, you know, just to have a little bit of personal, they they cut his pay. You know, and people are losing their jobs and people are trying to figure out, should I pay for this inflated food that I need to get every week, you know, or am I going to have a job next week? So the thought of it still being free became a conflict in the community and it became shaming as far as for those who couldn't afford it. And I don't know, I felt some sort of way about that because a lot of the people, and I, I hate to say it, but a lot of people that were saying they had a problem with the price, they were minorities, and I understood that, you know, being a minority all my life, you know, and growing up in South Chicago, it was not the richest neighborhood. So this is me trying to figure out what I need to do with $50 is like a real situation for me all the time. And our friends, you know, all our friends, when we talk about going to wrestling events, is $50, you know, doable for you guys? I don't know. Maybe it is. So this is a conversation we've had with a lot of our friends. It wasn't new to us, but for some reason on the internet, it was like, how dare us get mad at a price to have wrestlers come in and talk to us. And I'm not saying they don't deserve to have a charge because this is their time. This is a business. And I understand that. But when you create a safe space, I don't think a safe space should be charged because in reality, when people were coming online and talking about how good they felt, how empowered they felt, how um, refreshing it had just to have positivity in the room, that was beautiful. Cause you don't see that a lot on social media. You don't see that a lot going on almost anywhere when it comes to liking a fandom or a genre or something. Um, so when it came down to the price, it, it was heartbreaking to see the divide in the community and to see people not understanding it. So we had put out a video, Jack and my AEW friends about our just viewpoints and that generated a lot of 
conversation. And people who were on the other side say that it wasn't a lot of money started to understand our side. And that's all we wanted to do. Like you said, in the beginning of this conversation, we're not here to attack a company. We're not here to attack talent. We're just basically saying why something either doesn't work and how we thought maybe it could have been, you know, better, a better solution. I'm sorry to ramble on with it, but it was just, it was so disheartening to see. And literally, um, you know, somebody did hashtag broke, you know, broke a B, which I don't want to swear on your, on your, on your podcast, but, uh, yeah. So I'm basically a broke down person, you know, according to somebody that went to the AW heels on Friday and in my eyes right now, I'm like, well, I don't want to be in community with that person if that's the way they view me. Wow. Just that is incredible and, and, and disturbing at the same time. Um, Jacinto, you, you mentioned that you were in the military. Yeah. So you put your life on the line for all of us to maintain a, a free society and, and a way of life that hopefully encourages, you know, that all of us are created equal and that all of us have a, a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These These basic building blocks that make America what it's supposed to be. Um, I want to ask you directly, do you feel that it makes sense for women to have to pay for a quote unquote safe space to enjoy wrestling content? No, I, I felt like it was an, an insult for um, females that are in part, a part of the AEW community. Um, if you actually look at the AEW community, a lot of them are women. And I felt like, okay, if you're going to make it a fan club, charging for a fan club is one thing, you know, go ahead and, and, and make your money, but for it to be disguised as a safe space. And then you, you then all of a sudden be like, Hey, uh, we need $50. And by the way, we need $50 in two days, or you're going to be, you're going to be on the outside of this community. Like you didn't even give people a chance to be like, Hey, we're going to charge $50 for next month's event. And after that, it's, it's $50 for the whole year. No, you, you gave people a two days notice. And then another thing um, that, that I felt a little bit, and I don't know if I, if I am actually qualified to talk about this, but it's like <laughs> um, you're calling it heels. And then when it became like a class uh, yes. uh, warfare between it, I was like, well, yeah, clearly the ones that wear heels are the upper class. So why, do, why doesn't the rest of the community just get together and call themselves the AEW boots? Because they have to wear the working boots. Damn. That's that's a good one. That's we we should get that uh, hashtag trending. AEW boots. Yeah, uh, we were t- we talked about it with our friends and um, me and um, Carl. Uh, we were basically saying the last time I wore a, a pair of heels was at my wedding. You know, I don't I wear chucks and combat boots and things like that, and I understand the perception, but I don't I don't really perceive myself as being too girly. So. In a way, when Jack was saying that, it, it hit me really hard because, you know, I have, you know, identity problem when it comes to like, I'm not really great at makeup and I don't really wear dresses. So do I fit into this group now? And I started feeling another layer of, of you know, discomfort with the group. And like I said, this was very disheartening. Um, you know, I suffered a loss at the beginning of the year. So that seminar, when they had it, it hit me very hard. And I felt so connected with a group of women. And then, and then a month later, here I am questioning everything that's going on in the community and trying to find the good in people still. But like I said, once again, I guess I'm just a broke person that doesn't, that can't find inclusion in this group anymore. And I, I hope to find it, 
But then again, I'm starting to feel like I, I'm not sure if I want to spend the money right now, as of right now. I want to see how the community evolves. Um, I think there's a lot of learning from people, both that already have taken part in the last heels um, group. I think they need to listen to more people, just have a more open mind and just empathy. It's just empathy for online. It's just, it, everybody needs to learn that. It's just a tool everybody needs. That's a great point. And you know, it's it's funny because you said you want to see how this evolves before you decide if you are going to fork over $50. And this is this is $50 plus tax if you're in America. I know our, our neighbors up in Canada, it's $60 for them. So mm-hmm. there, there are you know, there's there's a range of how much this is costing depending on where you, you originate. Brandy Rhodes, she took her Twitter feed down. Yes. And and this was on the heels of her responding to fans who were questioning the timing and the program itself and, and even what the content was gonna be. What do you both know about what led up to Brandy ultimately getting rid of her Twitter account and, and some of the, the things that she responded with when she was questioned about heels um it just it, i know like jack had mentioned um before we started uh recording if people were trying to figure out about the tag tournament who was responsible for booking uh they went toward kenny omega um they went you know were tagging cody rhodes uh they were tagging tony khan and then brandy unfortunately became the one who responded back and in the beginning she was responding back in a way where she was trying to be um non-aggressive she was trying to be as clear and as you know precise as she can be on her answers but as the tone started shifting because that's just the way it happens on twitter on the internet it just started to get really rough to watch and i wish i wish there would have been somebody just to take her phone or her computer away like if i was her friend and be like no don't do this you know because you start to get into a hole you dig your hole and it spirals and she fell into this back and forward commentary with people. And then, like I said, the one comment that really stuck out with me is when she said, you know, not all female wrestling fans like female wrestling. And it was such a disservice, <laughs> you know, to, I don't, I don't even know if there's room for that statement because it, it's one of those things that doesn't need to be said. Like I had said, like, you know, I'm Hispanic. So sometimes I don't like all Hispanics. It's like, you don't really say that. Cause it sounds like you're, it's, it sounds like you're not, I don't want to say self-hating, um, but you're generalizing something that you have no power over. And like I said, having gone to those two heels thing, we were all there. You would scroll through like the 200 people or plus that were there just to see, Ooh, there's Sheeta. Ooh, there's Penelope. Ooh, there's Aubrey. You know what I mean? We were there for the wrestlers. We were there in, in to say that statement. I'm like, where did that come from? Well, to be fair, um, that statement is very horrible to use because you're giving ammunition to the people that hate female wrestling. It, and this is a, a statement that um, hate groups use. They could be like, oh, it's okay for me to hate this person because, well, I'll, I'll just use an example. Like, you know, uh, we'll go back in time in history and we'll go with um, the Nazis. If a Jewish person would come out and be like, well, you know, not all Jewish people are okay with Jewish people. Then Nazis could be like, oh, see, even Jewish people hate themselves. It's like you don't say that because you're you're you as the branding officer, as the public relations officer, are giving ammunition to people that constantly bash on your women's uh, wrestling division. They constantly call them uh, crappy and other words that they use to uh, to, to kind of give themselves the reason to be like, well, AEW doesn't give doesn't have to give them any more time because they they are bad at what they do. See, even Brandy saying that women don't like them. It, yeah. It's just it's just not a good good way to go about it. 
No, and then and, and just take the political climate that we're living in right now. Everything that's going on with minorities and women are a minority. And just what's going on in Supreme Court level, what types of benefits and, you know, privileges that are being taken away from women, you, just the, the, the it's just, it was the tone of it. It's just, it's not the time for this. We're past that. Yeah. We're, it's, it's we're, we're past much, that. Pretty much saying women don't support other women. Which is just incredible to think that a company that, again, they were supposed to be inclusive and progressive and woke and all this other stuff here were these just marketing ploys because the the actions it seems every time you think they're going in one direction in terms of proving that they are progressive and proving that they do believe in equality they turn around and do something like this you know and and it's just it's tone deaf and it's it's frustrating to see and you know jack i want to ask you in particular because you know you and i are guys right and Jack, you, you, like we said before, you've given your life to this, this nation. You're somebody who is out there. You're working. You and Maria have built this wonderful family. You're going through the challenges of living during this COVID-19 era where, you know, employment is, is not always as stable as it once was. And God only knows what's going to happen tomorrow. And we always got to worry about our health on top of all that. You've experienced loss, just like I'd say all of us have over these past four or five months, right? No one is immune from what's happened over this period of time. How does it feel? And and I'm talking to you in particular, Jacinto. How how does it feel to see your wife connect with the community of not just women, but women wrestling fans, people that she found something else in common to relate to? on such a strong personal level. And I know she's communicated this to you. How does it feel to, here we go just a few weeks later. And now she's feeling like, well, damn, <laughs> I thought I had this, this new group of people that I can relate to and connect with. And now I, they're basically telling me I'm on the outside. Yeah, no, it, it was, it, it kind of, you know, it's kind of hurtful because you as, as the husband, you want to, I mean, I know it's a stereotype, but you want to provide, and knowing that our financial situation, um, you know, the the company I work for had to cut back my pay and um, there's not really that much overtime to pick up and all that stuff. You're, you're like, you, you want, especially in wrestling, women, um, when they go to live events and women, when they're in, in the internet, they're constantly always being berated by the male uh, uh, wrestling fans. They're always, they always, the males always pretend that they know more than the women and women are are you know like they're not really real fans and all that stuff so uh when she was when she went to the first two aw heels and she was telling me how great it was and how it, it was like a an all-inclusive and nobody was judging anybody and then the other side of the coin which was just this this past week was when she was being called a a broke a b because she couldn't fork over 50 dollars in the two days notice and then it, it just it and then I started thinking even more. I was like, well, how, how many little girls are out there? Uh, we went to Warrior Wrestling and, and there was a, uh, a lot of little girls that were watching wrestling with their family and, and they were cheering on for Kylie and one of them even had Warhorse uh, face paint. And I was like, how many of these women whose dad or mom lost uh, some kind of income are now also on the out? Like, you, you want to be all inclusive, but yet 
now now you're you're making it seem like this this safe space it's behind a paywall. So either make it a a fan club, or or don't even don't even promote it like that. Like I don't know. It, it's just it just seems like it became a to go back at it a, a class warfare where it's like well if you could afford it then you're a real fan and if you can't afford it you're just making excuses because it costs as much as a coffee a week. Just ridiculous, completely ridiculous. And even more ridiculous, as if to add insult to injury, so to speak here, uh, Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer. And, and you know, Dave is a, is a legend in pro wrestling media. Let's let's not mistake that here, folks. There's a reason why Dave Meltzer is literally the most quoted person in wrestling. The majority of the top wrestling news websites, they spend half of their time creating articles based off of things that Dave Meltzer says on his program and through his newsletter, which is really just ridiculous to me, to be honest, because um, Dave Meltzer is given his opinion 99% of the time. It's not as if he's really reporting on facts, but that's a whole other issue. Um, but Dave Meltzer is very connected with All Elite Wrestling, and his views are are in sync with the way that All Elite Wrestling presents its product. So recently, Dave Meltzer pointed out that he would rather see Ray Phoenix, and he, he doesn't feel that the women are good enough to be on TV more. And anyone who has a problem with that, so what? Because, hey, <laughs> no one wants to see these women. Just, just a complete tone-deaf, sexist thing to say, and the fan base completely got behind those comments by him. But... I'm more frustrated with AEW because Dave Meltzer can say whatever he wants, but the company is actually, through action, mm -hmm. is proving <laughs> and demonstrating and applying the sentiments that Dave Meltzer is actually saying. And where, where so, was the branding officer to come out and be like, no, our women have the talent and our women have the, uh, the capabilities of being on TV. Like that, That's where you need your PR to come out and, and stick up for your own talent. Maria, tell us if we're wrong on this one here. I mean, what did you think when you saw Dave Meltzer's comments as it relates to the way that AEW has presented their product? I mean, when you go down to what Jack wrote in this article, 44 Dynamites since the you know inception of Dynamite, 16 of the women's matches were under six minutes. So as somebody like Dave Meltzer, who's been in the business, as you said, for so many years, and he is respectable, even if you love him or hate him, um, you know, like you said, people go and read his stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't, it's like, I can't disagree with him for thinking that way because that's, that's what's been presented in front of him. Um, I hate to say it like that, but how am I supposed to change his mind if I can't, you know, there's nothing for me to be like, no, wait, last week there was this amazing match. Oh no, there wasn't a match. Wait, there was, it was under five minutes and half of it was outside doing a promo. And it was like a squash match in the ring. That was like not even two minutes long. Oh wait, the week after that, we, did we have a women's match or do you watch dark? You know, like, let me show you something on dark. Like I don't have enough ammunition to show him that AEW is doing what they need to do because it's just not happening. I just find it funny that he picked uh, Ray Phoenix because another thing that AEW has been known to do is if you actually look at their number one contenders for, for most of their male divisions, they have one thing in common 
And um, honestly, I'm a huge Lucha Brothers fan. Um, I was so excited when they came to AEW, but I wish they would have stood on Impact because at least they were given respect and the time of day in, in Impact. In AEW, they became an afterthought after the tag team tournament. And then they, they teamed them up with Pac and yeah, COVID happened. But um, yeah, the, the minorities are not given the airtime on, on AEW. So for him to pick Ray Phoenix, it's kind of funny that he, he went there. Well, and that's not just that, like how every time, okay, so every time the Lucha Bros come out or sometimes like Kenny will have a match against Pentagon or Phoenix, I will always bring up the AAA titles because we never, we very rarely hear that they're in AEW, but they are. Kenny Omega has the, the belt he won against Phoenix. Was it the mega champion? Um, and then the Lucha Bros are their tag team champions. They have gold and that, that it, it's a big deal, but nobody knows that. And it sucks because you're connected with this organization and you have their gold, but yet you don't want to say the Lucha Bros are still tag team champions in that organization. Like that's a big deal, especially for being Hispanic. We want them to get the credit that they deserve. You know, I'm a person that I'm solutions based. So, so I will identify a problem and let's talk about this issue, but then let's also offer some suggestions. And, and, um, I'm going to start with you, Jacinto, on this. If you could offer one suggestion that could be applied today, this is something AEW could do today to improve upon some of the bigger issues that have essentially turned you off from their product most recently. What's something they can apply today? They can change today, in your opinion? Well, the main thing is, um, like Maria stated before, uh, 44 Dynamites, 88 hours. Women have only gotten five hours out of it. I think you got to give the women a little bit more time. Uh, figure out a way. If you don't want to put matches because they're too green and you want to put the matches on dark, if that's your excuse, then then give us uh, vignettes. Give us something to for us to connect with them. Maria, what's something they could do today to improve upon their product? Um, for me, just to piggyback off what Jack said, I agree with that. Um, they do need just the time, even if it's promotion, just to build that heat, that organicness that you get when you have two wrestlers that either really like or don't like each other. Um, and we don't have that. We have no character build. So even something very small, a bump in the hallway between two wrestlers that look the stare, it's just something that you you start to, oh, what's going on there? Um, but going back to the AEW heels thing, I would just, I wish that they would come back and look through the internet. And what I mean by some people, so for somebody had said that nobody goes through a hashtag and actually looks through like the negative, the negative comments or the criticism, but you should though, as a company, like if I wrote an article, I want to know the good and bad or what people viewed it. I want to understand, you know, understand where they came from and I won't attack those views, but I want to kind of just digest and maybe I can grow from those things. I hope that they come back from the AEW heels thing and they see not just the people are saying that costs too much, but why? It cost too much. Why people couldn't attend? How much it made them feel included, important, heard when they had those first two, you know, seminars that were free, and just really understand where they came from, and just maybe go back and think of a different marketing strategy for not only the people that are non-binary or you know trans or gender fluid that felt left out that day too. That's another group of people that left, you know, felt left out when that was announced. But just find a different marketing strategy for that. Um, and you can always do damage control. There's never, it's never too late to fix something. It actually shows that you care more when you come back out and say, you know what, we were wrong. And this is how we're going to fix it. 
because then everybody's like, oh, okay, thank you. And yeah, you're going to get those people that are like, oh, you shouldn't bend over all the time. You know what? This isn't for you though, because you were already at that level where you, you know, you're on the same level with them to begin with. This is for those who felt like they were left out and they were hurt. You can always make right by somebody. I don't think it's ever too late to change that marketing ploy when it comes to AEW heels. I think they could really bring it back around and I hope to. Maybe come back on your show and say, yay, it changed. <laughs> I'm going to be positive on that. I really hope they do listen to some of the fans. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't, I'm, I'm pretty heartbroken right now at AEW and just the women's in the whole. And it just makes me very sad to what, what has been happening <sighs> during these last couple of months with COVID. It's just been hard on everybody. And I hope they just see that. Wow. And, and I hope so too. I, I'm with you 100%. Uh, again, we have all had so much loss over these past few months, and there's really no end in sight as of right now. So pro wrestling is supposed to be our escape. And it, it's just disheartening when you have a community of like-minded people building with each other and encouraging each other and opening up with each other to, to be excommunicated from that because at the last minute, you can't just plop down a, a significant amount of money. And listen, I'm, I, I said in the beginning, I, I'm a cheap guy. You know what I mean? It's $5, a lot of money for me. I could take $5 and I could turn it into 15 as far as what I get in return. I got coupons. I, I, I'm, I'm all of that. Uh, so when you ask me for, for $50, $50 is a bill. $50 may be able to feed me for a week. Like $50, I can do a lot with $50, especially today. So this whole notion of either you have the $50 or you're excommunicated from our exclusive women's empowerment group. And oh, by the way, we're not going to give you much women's content on TV. So we're going to we're going to make this a thing that you have to jump through hoops and work harder to get because our women performers have to jump through hoops and work harder just to get the bare minimum. So you fans, we're going to give you the bare minimum, but you got to pay this premium for it. Uh, and if you don't, then you get nothing. It's just, it's embarrassing. It, it really is embarrassing to carry on that way. And AEW should be ashamed of themselves for even doing this, you know, um, please, uh, Cinto Maria, let us know the social media, the website, plug away, please. Um, yeah, our, our website is uh, Beat 'em Up, um, B E A T E M U P, uh, and then WP.com. Um, our Twitter is, I believe, the same, same thing. thing. Yep. yep. Beat 'em Up uh, WP. And I think on Instagram, we're Beat 'em Up Wrestling. Before I let you go, I got to know. Let's say you get this TNT uh, championship match here, Maria. Uh, <laughs> Jacinto, you, you're going to. You're gonna, come out to the ring with her and you also do commentary and what have you. I need to know what is the finish Cody Rhodes versus Maria for all the marbles here. And in fact, we'll throw in an extra stipulation. Maria gets to be the EVP, the number one EVP of AEW. Okay. What is the finish of the match? I want to hear it from both of you. Maria is going to look like she's getting uh, beat up by Cody. Cody's going to start getting some heat because, um, you know, it's not going to look too good that uh, the EVP of AEW is beating up on a woman. And then uh, when he least expected, uh, Maria's going to hit him with an RKO out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to like get up dazed. Um, then I'm going to run up to the ring 
kind of get the referee's attention. And at that time, Maria's going to um, get him with the low blow. There you um, go. And say, this is this is for all the women that were left out of AEW heels. And then <laughs> and then uh, I'll, let, I'll tell the referee, hey, turn around. And then Maria's going to get the, uh, the pin there. How did I do? <laughs> Um, you actually were spot on with the low blow. My first reaction was going to be a low blow to finish the match. And I was going to have you bring me like a sock, like like Santana Ortiz, because I'm Puerto Rican. So there's got to be some sort of item that I'm going to hit Cody in the head with and then low blow him. So I want him completely out. Hey, let's bring out the inner circle to help out too. (laughs) But you know, no, you're, you're pretty much right. Yeah, no, that's it. I I would like like MJF's music to drop and just him just like clap for me since he hates everyone. But if I can get some kudos from MJF, that would just make my night. (laughs) <laughs> wow. Just a, a really great interview and, and a breath of fresh air with uh, two wrestling fans that I'm sorry, I'm just over the moon about these two, you know, Maria and, and Asinto. I'm, I'm so happy to have um, been introduced to them. And, and I look forward to seeing their brand continue to grow because they have a lot to offer. Just, you know, great folks in the wrestling community. And it was it was great at the end to hear the both of them laugh and and you can hear their fandom. I mean, I, I asked a very basic question: "Give me the finish of a match," and Asinto jumped right into that and and he he put it all together right away, instantly. And Maria was just having a good time with it and she was laughing and and she's into it as well because yeah, this is what wrestling fandom is about, right? This is this is what we love. This is what we care about. This is what we spend our time putting effort into because it's something that allows us to have an escape from the craziness of everyday life, right? That's what wrestling fandom is, folks. So it breaks my heart when I hear the story of Maria being part of the first two sessions of AEW Heels, which was free. And pouring her soul out to people and connecting with people and legitimately, we all know when you are able to connect with folks from all different backgrounds and from all different parts of the world, when you're able to connect with them on this one unifying thing, and then you use that thing in order to build and you find out that you have even more in common, I mean, it it just, it makes you feel good, right? It's food for the soul. So to go that far just to be told, hey, if you don't give me 49 bucks, you're out. That sucks. That really sucks. And, and, it, and it really frustrates me to, to have to hear that. And then for Jacinto, who, you know, this guy gave his life for this country. And all the challenges that he's had to go through just doing that. And then all the challenges he and Maria are going through just through everyday life, just like the rest of us. To see his wife have to go through that, that dramatic up and down, that sucks. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to experience that. So, you know, I know that some of you folks in AEW listen to the show. Some of you hate listening to the show because you just want to figure out what you're going to be mad at me about this the next time. I really think that you need to go back to the drawing board and, and take a look at what this AEW heel stuff is and how you can improve upon it. And, Please reach out to the folks over at Beat 'em Up, you know, especially Maria, because she has some experience being at part of the first two sessions. These are real fans, right? Jacinto and Maria are real fans, and they they don't want to hate AEW. They don't want to bash AEW. 
but they want things to actually be the way that you originally marketed it. Do the right thing. Get with some of these folks who you've marginalized and pushed out and bring them back in and figure it out, man. I think different tiers and different levels and maybe people can pay on a week to week basis or something like that or a month to month basis. I think that makes sense. That could be an option. Right. Come on. So, you know, we're, we're going to continue to beat the, the drum on this one, folks, because the reform has to happen. And you can't marginalize the very people that you expect to open up their checkbooks, open up their wallets and give you money. How does that work? It doesn't. So once again, I want to thank Jacinto and, and Maria, and I just want to thank everybody for listening as well. Join me next week. We'll have another round of great guests. I hope you and your loved ones continue to be safe out there. Please be kind to yourselves and be kind to others. And of course, as I always say, I know you AEW faithful get frustrated about this. Tony, Tony Schiavone, he's a good man. He's a friend. He ends my show every week. And yes, that is Tony Schiavone for real. And he was a guest on this show and he agreed to do the ending of the show forever and ever. So without further ado, take it away, Tony Schiavone. Mr. Tony Schiavone, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling. 